Welcome to Knowing Faith After the Fact, an opportunity for us to talk, just JT, Jen, me, whoever's in the room, about some issue that maybe feels a little bit more at home, a little bit more practical for us to get into the way that the Christian story and Christian belief applies to all of life. And so I'm here with Jen. Hey, Jen. Hey. And I've got a question for you. So we know a lot of listeners are involved in women's Bible studies. Maybe they're looking to launch women's Bible studies. They lead women's Bible studies, or they have, maybe they've been in a women's Bible study, got burned. And they don't want to go back, right? Don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you've learned about kind of the dynamics, social dynamics that are unique to women's Bible study? Just like if you're, if you were kind of given a cookbook of like, here's some things that are outside of just the Bible, the text and some curriculum that you feel like, I think this would be helpful when you're thinking about building, leading, managing women's Bible study. Yeah. I think a lot of times leaders in, in a women's ministry are tempted to ask the wrong first question. Uh, they ask, what do our women want? And um, probably a better starting point, not probably, I'm using a nice tone. A better starting point is to ask, uh, how are disciples formed? Mm. And then as women who are looking for how to do ministry specifically in single gender environments, then you ask some follow-up questions. What are the obstacles that particularly present in single gender settings, in all female settings, that might not be the same set of obstacles in, say, an all male setting or a mixed gender setting. And when talking about this, I always like to be very clear that I am for both kinds of environments. I think we should have places where women are learning just with women, men learning just with men, but we also need places where men and women are learning together in community. You just have a different soup, so to speak, when, yeah. when you're in those spaces. So can I ask you real quick? Yeah. What, uh, what is the distinct value? Cause you, we talk a lot on the podcast right. about brother, sister doing this yeah. work together. Yeah. So somebody might hear it and be like, let's erase, like, let's get rid of the dividing wall of yeah. hostility combined yeah. men and women's Bible study. Brothers and sisters sounds great. Let's not let's, have any sister gatherings or brother gatherings. Right. So, so talk about what is kind of some of the unique value of maybe, or the plan of the social dynamics, dynamics or whatever about having just a women's Bible study. Why would you say like, that's still a good thing? Because women are embodied females and we encounter the world differently than men do. And I'm speaking in broad brushstroke terms, you know, for the sake of making the point. Um, But generally, you look at even the the rates of like depression and anxiety among women, much higher than they are among men. Why is that? I think there are some embodied realities that are feeding that. So that's just one example. Um, In in an all-female environment, issues of abuse, issues about uh, infertility, marriage struggle, all kinds of conversations can arise in a single gender room that might not arise in a mixed gender environment. So I think those spaces are precious and should be guarded. But it's not just that. It's that um, some women learn better or differently when they are in groups that are all female. And this has to do with just generally observable social patterns that Uh, unbelieving people would write on just from a sociological standpoint. And that is that when you have a mixed group, uh, men tend to dominate the conversation. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It it is what it is. Uh, Men are more likely to enter at the thought level. Women are more likely to enter at the feelings level. Men are willing to speculate, to guess. Uh, Women are not. They want to be perceived as having the right answer the first time. So you take all of these just general social dynamics that occur in any mixed gender conversation, then you transpose them into... um, potentially theologically conservative environments where women can receive a social penalty Mm. in a mixed group dialogue if they come on in a way that seems too strong or or whatever. So because of this, when we safeguard all female environments in the church, what we do is we give the woman who's less comfortable already weighing into a conversation that's mixed, we give her some space to to begin to do so. But I will say you have to give a lot of... um, 
direction around what that conversation can and should look like. Because another obstacle for women that I would say has been created to some degree by uh, forces like the publishing industry is that all women are capable of our feelings level discussions. And so when you... And also, I would say, I think women are tend more toward bringing a communal element to whatever they're involved in. Like yeah. you and I have talked about this quite a bit, that in churches that have a strong um, male leadership perspective, community is often perceived to be the greatest need of everyone in the church. And um, and things like learning environments can kind of take a backseat because yes. those are intuitive. Right. Uh, but for women, uh, the opposite can be true. Community is something we can do in our sleep. And the learning piece is something that we have either been discouraged away from or we're not, it's just not top of mind. So in any gathering that's all women where you want to say, teach the Bible, you need to set a clear expectation that our primary goal for gathering is learning. Right. Uh, community is a great thing. And I never worry that the women who are coming together for something like this are going to fail to make relationships with one another. Because so in your mind, okay, somebody's setting up a women's Bible study. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, go ahead and think that if you're going to get one natural byproduct out of this yeah. with very little effort, it's relationship, it's relationship. Mm-hmm. But conversely, so we, and you know, we have the men and the women using the same curriculum, yeah. but they're, they're The study is happening in, in single gender environments. So there's a men's Bible study and there's a women's Bible study. And we coach the women leaders around keeping everybody on target around the thought level discussion. We coach the male leaders on making some space for the men to connect at a personal level with one another. Right. And it's just, you know, it's it's not that everyone fits into those patterns, but frankly, a lot of people do. And right. so we want the the spaces that, that are reserved for single gender purposes to be taking into account how, um, how social dynamics impact what you are accomplishing. That's really good. So in terms of your, if you had one big, uh, there's somebody out there who's like, I want to go do something with women's Bible study. Mm-hmm. I want to get a group of women together to start studying the Bible. Give them like one, two, three step. Like mm-hmm. there's somebody listening to this and they're thinking, I don't want to study the Bible by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just listen to audio because I know that there's a value in us doing it together. Where do I go from here? And let's imagine that they're in a place where the church currently doesn't have a, a pre-built women's Bible study. Right. How would you encourage them to just start off? Um, uh, it's ideal if you have someone who is able to teach. Okay. And so if you don't have that, then I don't think it's terrible to lean on an exterior, an external resource until such time as you identify a teacher. But, uh, what you would want to do is say, Hey, let's get together and let's go through a whole book of the Bible together. And then when we meet, what we're going to do is we're going to come with our observations on the text and we are going to confine our discussion to a thought level discussion until we reach the point in the discussion where it's it's appropriate to start talking about application and, okay. and the way that we feel about what we're learning. Yeah. And it's and again, what I'm not saying is don't feel. Right, yes. Uh, what I'm saying is let the learning process take place so that the feelings that you are articulating are driven by a discussion of what you've been thinking about. Uh, and that's, that's a nuance, but in, in all female environments, it's an important one. Yeah. It's what preserves us from having a lengthy discussion about how we feel about what we read or what it means to us and so on and so forth. It moves it to a more objective grounds for having um, the conversation. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thanks for that, Jen. Love it.